see how well that lines up with our actual uh theme song oh really yeah i'm just gonna see how well my uh my timing is because oh, hey what do you think about getting a new uh a new theme song what like is, a, new, a new theme i mean we gotta hear what is it gonna be well i don't know but i think when we because we're we're inching on to a year like we got we are. yeah uh i think like 15 more episodes until we hit a year yep i think once we hit that year mark you want, you want to change it up? I think we got to change it up. Okay. I mean, it, we could do that. Or we could establish the brand. Here's the thing, though. We don't own that song. <laughs> we don't own that song. You're right. So, so what, that can't be our brand. That can't be our so brand. So our brand is plagiarism or <laughs> copyright infringement. That's what I don't know how brand. that would work. Like, if we ever did. Probably with a lawsuit. Gosh. Which we can't. I can't afford it. Yeah, let's right change now. it. Let's change it. Let's change it. Let's change it. Coming to you live from Ed's living room, you're listening to State Your Take with Ed and Aaron. Um, how do we want to get into this? Oh, are you going to get what into this pot into this episode? Yeah. Are we are we about what the first topic? Yeah. Oh, down goes Joshua. <laughs> down goes Joshua. <laughs> Down goes Joshua. What pissed me off the most is that we had a full conversation about this fight Bruh. after we finished recording. Yeah. And we should have talked about it on the show because we could have gotten this right. We could have predicted this almost. Maybe. I mean, but the thing is, like, the more that I saw that fight and the more I was what, like, the more I talked about that fight, the less I cared about it. That was the thing. Like, I just didn't care about it going into it. I going really into did. it. Coming really out of it, not. though. I really did not. The thing is, like, the fight, because I have, I have the zone, mm-hmm. the, the app, so... Like, we had, we we planned to go to uh, Lou's birthday that that night, mm-hmm. and like you're running late, mm-hmm. which was whatever. I mean, but so wait I a second. Hey, wait, wait, wait. no, because the thing is like no no <laughs> no. Shade at me like no, that. I'm not shading you because the thing is like if, if you were not <laughs> sounded like you were a little no. Because the thing is like if you weren't late, I wouldn't have seen that fight. If you came on time, I wouldn't I would have missed that fight totally. Oh, okay. That's the thing about it. So it was like it was kind of a blessing in disguise because like I just had it on the app, and it was just happening rolling because I had nothing else on at the time. So I just I was watching the fight just because um like I was waiting for you to come. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, thanks for mm-hmm. real. Because like if, if you came on time, I would have missed all of that, and I am so glad I didn't miss any of that. Yeah, because that shit was bananas. Your boy had what twelve knockouts? Who? Uh, Ruiz, Anthony? Was it twelve knockouts? I think, I think going it was twelve in? going in. Yeah, twelve going in. So no slouch. I mean, no slouch. Yeah, I think it was like twenty eight and one. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, he was not he wasn't Sasha altogether. But also, given I mean, it just looked like Joshua just did not take camp at all. He, I went back and watched it, or a little bit like the highlights or whatever the fuck, and he just looked like he was in my kind of shape. You know what I mean? Like he just looked like he was to not do anything. He didn't jump a rope. He didn't run a mile. He didn't throw any sort of. You know, he didn't hit pads or anything like that. He just looked like he was just going in there and just winging it. There are a lot of rumors going around about him having a panic attack or, um, you know, there were, there were rumors that he got knocked out in, um, in in sparring or something like that. There have been a lot of rumors going around about what happened. And the truth is, we won't know what happened with Joshua, uh, why he wasn't, why he didn't come to come to fight. Because, like, you know, what happened with Tyson and um, Brothers Douglas, we didn't find out until years later that Tyson had a horrible camp. He had shit going on and that Buster Douglas' mom died. 
and that he was super motivated going into that fight. We didn't find out that until years later. So this might be the same thing. All I could tell you was that he wasn't ready. No. He was not ready. Like Tyson Fury went on a show in Las Vegas. He was talking about it. And when he said, I kind of agree with, because he said that he, he when he went there, he didn't see any water on him. Because usually boxers warm up before they get into the fight. Mm-hmm. And they usually come in, they're a little, they're a little, they have like water on them or mm-hmm. they're a little bit of perspiration because they're warming up in the back to get ready for the fight. So you don't want to go in cold. So like when you go in cold and when you go in cold like that, you can get knocked out. Yeah. Then you're also in the heavyweight division. And you're getting punched in the head a lot. By a six foot two man who weighs 260 pounds. Yeah. Even though, and even though people make jokes about Andy Ruiz. Like oh, yeah. Size. But kudos to him for taking it all on stride. Yeah. No. I've seen him leaning into the memes and to the jokes and stuff like that. No. And the thing is, like, also, he fought a hell of a fight. He fought a hell of a fight. He went in there to win. He fought a hell of a fight. Like, I mean, the, in the first round, in the first round, you can see that he had, he had the hand speed. He was catching up some good counters. Um, like, and in the third, in the third round, like Josh got the first knockdown. Mm-hmm. He could have, he could have quit there. He could have, mm-hmm. he could have stayed like, down. He could have stayed down. He could have been like, you know, this. Like, he could have like bought, bought, bought in what everyone else was saying about him. Said like, you know, this is too much for me. But he got up and responded, knocked him down twice in that same round. And then that was it. Ref waved it off. No, Ref, no, that wasn't it. Oh, in the third round, no. When did? Oh, it was. It went to seven rounds, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, he yeah. got knocked down a total. Joshua got knocked down a total of four times that fight. Yeah. Four times that fight, and not only that, it wasn't even just like flash knockdowns. He was getting beat handily the entire fight. Mm. I would say that. Yeah, I would give. I think some people gave. I think on the scorecards, people gave rounds to Joshua, but I think that's just because he's a champ. But like, if you watch his exchanges, I think Bruce is getting the better of exchanges in a lot of that. A lot of that fight. What does this do for the Wilder situation? Oh. The Wilder with the Wilder Joshua fight, that or any other heavyweight fight. Well, that mega fight's dead in the water. Like it, it still happened, but it won't generate the buzz and more importantly, the cash that would have got before this happened. Because mm-hmm. that that fight is not what it was, and everyone's and there are a lot of people saying that um, that uh, Joshua was dodging Wilder because of of this. But the fact of the matter is, is that if he fought Wilder, he got knocked out for a lot more than he got get knocked out by Ruiz. Mm. So, I, so I mean, it's like if you're dodging him to get knocked out, you might as well get knocked out for I mean, fifty million instead of five million. I don't know what the numbers were. I'm just saying like that. It's kind of what it is. It's like you could, if you were getting knocked out anyway and lose your belts anyway, yeah. you might get like knocked out for a bigger check. Is there a card where Andy Ruiz Jr. faces off against Deontay Wilder? Um, I mean, it can be. He has, to, he, has to get, he has to be Joshua first. A lot of people think that because of the styles. Who has to be Joshua first? Deontay Wilder? And, oh, Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz that, has to beat because he's a one to wing match. That's the rematch. Yeah. So he has to be Joshua first. But yeah, that can de- that can definitely happen. I mean, but there are a lot of, there's also Tyson Fury. Like, I mean, he has to, he's in there somewhere because that, that's because they have to, that, that, that's also the next fight for Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury after, wait, actually he fights Ortiz first. Mm-hmm. Then he fights Fury. So actually, Deontay has two big, two very um, hard fights before he before before he reaches Ruiz. the final so boss. Actually, yeah, that's actually that's like a long road between him and Ruiz if you think about it. We're skipping over the proverbial elephant in the corner of yeah. Anthony Joshua, the post of Drake and him. <laughs> when are we going to talk about it? You and I talked about curses on the way to we did. Lulu's birthday party. You we, said you don't buy into curses. I don't, man. Do you change your mind after this? No, I you don't. You have to. You have 
to. Here's the thing, because okay, so then you're t- you, if you, to buy an accursed, you take away from what Andy Ruiz did. Golden State in two and a half. You're taking away from what Andy Ruiz did. No, I'm not. You are. No, I'm not. We talked about this. We said that a curse isn't like some sort of existential force that prohibits you from doing anything. Mm-hmm. A curse is merely a mental blockade. It could be. I and mean, I think it, that I think that what happened was is that in the lack of preparation was Anthony Joshua's curse. No. Yes. I think that Think the, about it, man. Open up your eyes and see. It makes sense. I'm going to buy into it. And if Toronto does end up losing this series, we're going to talk so about it. So won't have anything to do about the fact that Clay and KD may come back. No. Nothing to do with that. How do you? No. You got Clay, KD out, and you still lose. Si- Look, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it right now. I, I, I have a whole thesis statement in preparation for that. You're old. Okay. I mean, but like, like I don't. I don't want to take away from anything Andy Ruiz did. No, not at all. Because I mean, he's 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 gotten a lot of he's he's gotten a lot of like jokes and memes, which he's, he's been a good sport about. But I think people miss the fact that he fought a hell of a fight. Like he was in the he was he was a massive underdog, he, first Mexican heavyweight champion of the world. He could he could have just kind of came in. He could have he he took the fight on short notice also because this actually was a fight between Joshua and Jarrell, Big Baby Miller. But he failed like four drug tests and they had to give someone short notice. So they picked Andy Ruiz. So Andy Ruiz he probably didn't even have a full camp going mm. into this fight. So I, to me, I feel like this is a bigger upset than Buster Douglas and Tyson because at least Buster Douglas knew ahead of time who he was fighting and had time to prepare for it. You while, can make the argument. While Andy Ruiz was a short notice, like was a short notice champion, short, short notice fighter against uh, against this massive, oh, that massive favorite. Yeah. So I mean I so people can argue me, but I think that this is a bigger upset than that, just because of those stipulations that went into it. Well, if you want to argue Ed, about it, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter. Sure, I'm I'm here for it. But I think that the the biggest the, the biggest loser in this in this whole thing though is boxing, because once again, promoters got in the way, and they tried to milk the money. Yeah. By putting everyone by putting in into putting um. You know, everyone needs fights that no one else wants because they know they can get money out of it, and then they could just push that big fight off further and further. But this always happens though, because yeah. it happened with Tyson and Holyfield. That was a big fight. And what happened? Right. And what happened? Buster Douglas happened. Yeah. With um, let's see. With uh, I'm losing myself right now. Well, it happened with well Mayweather Pacquiao. Mayweather Pacquiao. Yeah. Marquez happened. Yeah. And now Wilder Joshua Ruiz happened. Yeah, but when he, but then again, Ruiz. But the good thing about this is Andy Ruiz. That's why you watch. He's why you watch boxing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. His post his post fight interview where he said that he he told his mom he doesn't have to. They don't have yes. to struggle anymore. Yeah, like that's those are the stories. Those are the moments that you you look for in sports. That's why. You know? Yeah, that's why. That's why I watch boxing. Like I watch boxing for Buster Douglas. I watch yeah. boxing for like I mean Marquez wasn't that big of an upset because that they're pretty they were pretty even matched. He, he he lost that fight and he had a lot of um. They had they had a lot of like sketchy decisions between them, so that mm-hmm. wasn't as a big upset. But you watch it for the you watch it for the Ruizes and the Buster Douglases, right? So the guys that can legitimately change their lives. Yes. All right. Well, congratulations, Andy Ruiz Jr. Yes, and thank you, and thank you, and shout out to you. Hey, so um, 
This will be the third week in a row we talk about the great state of Alabama. Right. Or, I mean, when you say great. I mean great in terms of content. I mean, they are just knocking out hits. Uh, yeah, there's a great amount of shit there. Great amount of shit, including... Dateline! Alabama mayor defends Facebook post on, quote, killing out LGBTQ people, socialists, and baby killers. Nice. The mayor of a small town in Alabama is defending a Facebook post lamenting LGBTQ individuals, socialists, and baby killers, later commenting that killing them out, whatever that means, was the only solution to save the country's future. Now residents and people online are calling for Mayor Mark Chambers to step down. In a Facebook post that has since been deleted, Carbon Hill, Alabama, Mark, uh, (laughs) Mark, (laughs) (laughs) Carbon Hill, Alabama, Mayor Mark Chambers reportedly wrote, we live in a society where homosexuals lecture us on moils. Because they can. Because they can. Go on. Transvestites lecture us on human biology. Because they can. Baby killers lecture us on human rights. Because they can't. Baby killers? Okay, whatever. And socialists lecture us on economics. Pause right there. Go. Because we're going gonna to educate people on what socialism is because this is a buzzword that's used a lot. And I don't think we even know what it means. Let's go and get so, to your economic bag, Ed. I'm, I'm gonna def- socialism is a political or economic theory of a social organization which advocates, which advocates that the means of production and distribution Exchange should be owned or regulated by community as a whole. Break that down into layman's terms. So what that means is that 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 means that they think that the public should sometimes be responsible for for public goods. Sometimes mm. now we don't believe in full socialism. Like we're not a, we're not a communist state. However, we throw the word around like it's an evil thing. But there are a lot of social there are a lot of socialist things that are that exist in our society now. For instance, such as public school. Huh. Public transportation. What? The FDA. And most notably, which I think I don't get why no one gets this part. Social security. I, for one, am shocked at this news. That social security is that social security is a socialist structure? I mean, what whatever would have me think that it wasn't? Probably the press. Yeah, probably. And just people. Hey, but uh socialism. Here's a th- all right, so this is interesting, and this is something that I just thought right now. So maybe it may not make sense, but when we see these GoFundMe pages that go viral because of somebody is in the hospital, somebody is sick, somebody needs care, everybody clamors to throw 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks towards the, the cost, right? Correct. Isn't that technically... If you were to blow it up into a macroscopic sense, a bit of a socialist system. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, that's what we do with old people with, with Social Security. Hmm. Like when we get taxed and it goes to people that are retired, that's what that is. Hmm. So when you before you call someone a dirty socialist, like at least know what you're saying. That's all. Like I'm not even telling. I'm I, I'm not even I'm not here. I'm not here um, saying like defending socialism. Or saying that that's the structure of the... I just want you to know what the fuck you're talking about when you say it. Because I don't think, I don't think a lot of you do. So, yeah, that's all. That's all. But go on, I'm sorry. According to reports from a local news station, WBRC, a Facebook friend commented on the post that he, quote, hastes to think of the country that, his grandki- that my grandkids will live in. 
adding that real change will, quote, take a revolution. Mm. Hill then replied to his friend's comment, writing, the only way to change it would be to kill the problem out. I know it's bad to say, but without killing them out, there's no way to fix it. Hmm. <laughs> Chamber... <laughs> This next step, this next paragraph is wild. Chambers was elected as the mayor of Carbon Hill in 2014 with the hopes of making the town he grew up in, grew up in quote a better and safer place to work and live. Now, talk amongst yourselves while I look up the stats for uh, Carbon Hill, Alabama, just to see how unsafe it is. Mm. Go ahead, just just you know filibuster for a second some think music yeah think some think music for a second do you have anything else about socialism or anything there no no I, no that, that's the main thing like i just you see people's call people social all the time but like no one here is rooting for communism we're just saying like hey you know like i'm just saying i'm like i want people i just want to say something like socialism, socialism is it is it's not a black and white thing it's a gray area do we want everything to be socialist no but there's some things that exist that are Part of socialism. How many people do you think live in Carbon Hill, Alabama? Uh, Carbon Hill, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, ten. A little bit more. Thirty. Mm, still too low. Thirty-two. Two thousand and twenty-one. I was. I think I was. I feel like I was close. You were close. Um, that's kind of interesting. When the population of your town is almost going to be. The same number as the year that you you live in. I feel like I had more people in my high school. Probably, mm. not my class, but my high school together. <laughs> um, okay. The median income for household in the city was twenty thousand eight hundred and sixty one dollars. Mm. The median income for a family was twenty five thousand five hundred and fifty six dollars. Males had a median income of 23,241 versus 15,170 for females. So, not a rich town. No, that's okay. They say this is a big rich town. I just come from the poet's part. <laughs> There's your thinking music right there. Um... Damn, bro. So, okay. What? I don't know what to think anymore. I I don't have any new thoughts when I see a story like this. Is really what I'm saying. Like you're just portraying and perpetuating all the negative stereotypes that the rest of the country has about a small town in Alabama. And I'm not saying that you have to be super progressive. I'm not saying you have to fall in line with every sort of left wing or liberal or even moderate talking point. You just have to not be a hateful piece of shit. That's that's the bare minimum. You have to just be tolerant of other people, especially when you only have a town with 2000 people in it. Like, what can your worldview really be? Not, yes, absolutely. It, you can't have that big of a scope to really see the entire world, or let alone the entire state. To call for revolution? A revolution where? Right. How different Of 2,000 people? How different is Carbon Hill, Alabama in 2019 
versus 1994. Probably not that much. Small sounds like that kind of get stuck in like um, time vacuums. Bro, I'm telling you, man. Like, uh, let's see. The racial markup of the city is 89.4% white, 8.2% black, and uh, 1.2% Hispanic or Latino of any race. That was from the the census taken in 2010. And there are a lot of the races besides those three in the world. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't want to shit in this town. I mean, they shit I don't even really want to shit on this person. Mm-hmm. But travel. At least. Just save up a couple hundred bucks. Go to a different place. You get a passport. You don't even have to get a passport. Fuck the passport. Stay in the country. Okay. Go to, uh, go to Miami. Go to, you can come to Houston. Mm-hmm. You can go to Los Angeles. You can go to Seattle, fucking Washington. You just have to try and go someplace where the people look differently. Yeah. The cityscape is a little different. The food is different. The music may be different. Maybe the nights, the nightlife is a little different. And just, just take it in. You don't have to like it. You just have to try it. You have to see how the rest of the people out there live their life. Yeah. Before you try to kill them off. And you can't rely on what they tell you on the television or what they tell you on the internet. You have to go and experience yourself. And make up your own mind. Make up your own damn mind. Because you're all adults. You can do that now. (sighs) That one hurt. That one hurt the brain. I mean, it's Alabama. Yeah. They're not. I feel feel like Alabama is trying to like succeed another way. They are really on the last... They're, last step. They're trying to like succeed in another way. They're, they're trying to see like if, maybe if we suck so bad, they won't want us anymore. We, we <laughs> in the year twenty thirty, if there is a Alabama shaped cutout <laughs> from the rest of the nation, <laughs> we'll know exactly what happened. <laughs> like that one Bugs Bunny cartoon when he just slices off Florida with a saw yeah. and it flows into the ocean. We might have to deal with that. With we're Alabama. gonna we're, we're gonna have to go for me for border scissors. <laughs> Border scissors. That's going in our merch store. Border scissors. Border scissors. Hey, speaking of borders. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Austin boy. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> hey, speaking of borders. Dateline. Austin boy raises $22,000 for a border wall by selling hot cocoa. In Texas in the summer. In fucking what May, the bro. Fuck? In May. Hot cocoa? In May. Didn't even have the decency to do lemonade or iced tea? Nothing. I see it. Kool-Aid pops? In Texas. Bro. I see it. Like, how can you? You just skip all this shit with the hot chocolate. There's, there's a certain level of disrespect that I will not tolerate. And one of them is drinking hot beverages on a hot day outside. In Texas, bro. If it's not how? black coffee... I, get it out of my face. How? How? Little dork. An Austin boy who raised more than $22,000 from selling hot chocolate dedicated the funds to build a border wall along the southern U.S. border. Benton Stevens and his dad Shane posted a video on Facebook showcasing, showcasing the hot chocolate stand in front of a shopping complex selling for $2 a cup? 
$2 for hot chocolate in Texas in May. Oh, no. No, 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 no. This was in February. Is it February? Yeah, it says Even still. Even, Even still. still. It's still, no. $2 for a cup of hot cocoa in, is... In February? No. I... I'll take that hot cocoa. I'll throw it back in your face for in two dollars. No. I don't even have two dollars. No, I, I haven't. Uh, I haven't come across two single dollar bills no. in about seven years. No, no. February? No, I remember February. No. This a sign in front of the boy stand read: "Proceeds help Trump build the wall." For an extra fifty cents, Benton also offered a large. <sighs> Nancy Pelosi marshmallows to melt. Okay. Smaller Beto O'Rourke marshmallows were also offered at no extra charge. Oh. How old is this kid? Fucking. Who cares? It's not the kid. It's not the kid. You know it's not the kid. It's Maybe, the dad. You think the kid gives a fuck about Nancy Pelosi and Beto O'Rourke? I don't even think the kid knows who Beto O'Rourke is. He might know a picture of him. Maybe. Maybe he probably thinks that's a character on Fortnite. He has a, he has a lot of he has a lot of merch though too. So probably that probably he probably knows the shirts and the bumper stickers because Beto has he has a gang of merch. Um, the GoFundMe campaign started by the group raised uh oh he he donated the the proceeds to the nonprofit group We Build the Wall Inc. Uh, the, the, they raised $22.9 million and they built a portion of the wall on a private island. Hmm. A private island? Yeah. Which island? Uh, a private one. Why, what good does that do? I don't know. Does anyone go, does anyone, you know how much, you know how much border there is? Like. It's a, it's a lot of it. On, uh, along the Mexico, along the Mexico, American, you know how much border there is? You put on an it's island? About, it's about six, does, six miles. Does anyone, does anyone. Well, I think what what's concerning about that Jesus. is that they had a private island in order to just build a wall on, build but some they garbage built a on wall it. on an island that yeah. no one probably goes across with anyway. Maybe it was a test. Maybe it was like a you know a border wall test. Hmm. I don't know. Um, a lot of a lot of fallout from this. Most notably, and possibly the funniest was Zach Fox on Twitter tweeting uh, the meme picture of the, the very veiny forearm on a steering wheel speeding towards the child. Um, and conservatives have completely lost their shit. They're saying, oh, he's going to commit vehicular homicide against a child all because he supports Trump? Is he hypocrites! St- they love throwing around the hypocrites. Is he still, Hypocrite words. Is, is he still selling co- the chocolate right now? Who knows? I mean, because how could he be? What? To, do the math in your head real quick. $22,000 divided by two. How many cups of hot chocolate is that? That is 11. What, 11? Sure, 11,000. 11,000 11, 11, cups of cocoa. Um, where do you get the resources to make 11,000 cups of chocolate? I'm calling bullshit on this story, dude. Mm. Because, mm. one... Austin's a very liberal city. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you could get away with selling 11,000 cups of hot chocolate without any sort of uh, kerfuffle mm. from some ant- some protesters, to say the very, least. Yeah, yeah. You got, I see you got your journalism hat on today. Two, um, some of that money, some of that $22,000, if let's just say 
we he did end up selling eleven thousand copies. So some of that money is going to go have to back into the business, right? Also, maybe maybe some of the money also came from the Nancy Pelosi, um, from the marshmallows. The you're, marshmallows. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that could be a. I'm calling bullshit. Okay, I'm saying somebody somewhere donated one hefty lump sum of possibly uh, twenty one. Ooh. Uh, let's say let's say twenty one thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars. Ooh, they're saying that can't sell shit. So I'm saying this kid didn't sell shit. I'm saying this kid is not an entrepreneur. I'm saying this kid. I'm saying this kid is Trump Junior Junior in Texas. Yeah, because you're a shit businessman, son. Fuck out of here. I'm just saying, like, I would next. I've been like, where's your permit? Where's this kid's permit? Flip it on him. Where's this kid's permit? Remember when y'all would try to shut us down for selling lemonade on the street? He's selling hot chocolate in Texas outside. Where's this fucking permit? He's out here killing people. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. He out here killing people. Killing people. Killing people. There's a a lot of funny stuff uh, in this story, and I don't don't, don't like the smell of it. I don't like the smell of this hot chocolate. I just know. I just feel like we. I feel like we need to capitalize on just selling things that can that we can also make money with. Mm. If we feel it by racism, I feel like we. Should, I feel like we're missing out. Missing out on the bag. Like what? What could we sell for two dollars? I have something. I have some things in mind. I think if we fund the border wall with uh-huh. that, I think we could sell these things. What? I have a few. I have a few things down here. What do you got? Uh, sand-filled condoms. Make, sand-filled condoms. Yeah, make the sand extra coarse. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Oh, citrus eye citrus eye drops. Have them in lemon, lemon, orange, lime, citrus eye drops. Yeah, because you know they they antibacterial. Yeah. Mm. Uh, compost scented candles. For the very earthy among us. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, a singular spice rack. Meaning, wow, I'll take your whole counter, but only the one spice. Mm. Like, it had to pick what spice. It'd be parsley. Maybe it'd be that one spice. What other spice do you really need? I mean, just parsley. Yeah, honestly, I'll have plastic towel, uh, plastic towel rolls instead of like paper towel. Yeah, that absorbs the mess. Right. Which have the plastic towel that just kind of sit on top of it. You know what? We don't have enough plastic. We don't. And we don't have enough. Plastic. It's biodegradable. It really is. Like it's like just put it in the earth. It's fine. It's it. It goes right back into the soil. Right back into the soil. It's Does na- it kill anything? It's a natural fertilizer. It definitely is. Like I'm saying, we're missing out on our bag, dog. These are brilliant. I'm telling you. I'm actually not going to put this uh, episode out until we patent all of those ideas. Yeah. Because I don't want anybody stealing it. No, I don't. I mean, that's smart. That's You're smart. smart. Thank you. Putting that big brain to use. I'm trying. You're a straight man. Yeah. Would you say that you're proud to be straight? I'm, I'm as proud as like, I mean, I'm as proud as like, I guess I'm allowed to be. I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like there's never pride of being straight is never a thing to have to worry about. But maybe you, I mean, who knows? Well, if you were proud. If I was proud. You could head on out to Boston. Mm. Dateline. Straight pride parade group in Boston calls Brad Pitt its mascot. Organizer ran for Congress. That's a wild headline. It is. It's weird. June is Pride Month, a time to celebrate lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer history. A group of Boston uh, sparked outrage by announcing plans to host a straight pride parade this summer, although it's unclear whether the city will allow the event. I actually heard that 
they went through with the they actually got the permits to do it but i don't know if that's true or i not. mean that could have just been the timeline they probably did uh mark sahady vice president of super happy fun america group a group organized by three men who claim to advocate quote on behalf of the straight community announced that the parade is tentatively scheduled for august 31st did you hear that name though let's not let's not let's not gloss over that name the super happy fun america group. these guys are assholes yeah what a bunch of fucking assholes but go on Sahedi included a proposed parade route that mirrors the path of the LGBT pride parade set for Saturday. We will have the streets closed and allowed floats and vehicles, Sahedi wrote on a Facebook post. Why is it always fucking Facebook? It's always Facebook. Because they're trash. I think we've, we covered this, right? We did. We covered every... We could, we shut, we if could we shut it down tomorrow. We could shut down a majority of... If we didn't cover it before, just, Facebook is trash. Just get off. Just... just just disable it. Download all of your pictures, all of your videos. Disable your account. You'll be fine. And, and put the birthdays in your calendar. Put the birthdays in your calendar and then put all the events in your the calendar. The ones you care about, not the ones that just kind of pop up and, and you just get rid of Facebook. Please, please just get rid of Facebook. Please. Um, this is our chance. <laughs> I didn't finish the quotation. This is our chance to have a patriotic parade in Boston as we celebrate straight pride. <sighs> Do you want to impact us or do you want to? Um, I can impact it pretty easily. Go for it. I think that people sometimes forget why we have pride parades. The reason why the, the reasons why there a gay pride parade or pride month is necessary is because there are, but there are good people in the world that are ostracized for how they feel about, about the sexuality and these months let them know that it's okay to be them. Mm. It's okay to be lesbian, gay, or 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 bisexual, transgender, or queer. What that's a the, noble concept! That's the pride. That's that's what it's for. The reason why there isn't a straight pride parade is because we never have any fucking problem with that. Yeah, like you're allowed to be straight once you leave the womb. Like the only time it's uncool to be straight is when you're like three to maybe about nine years old. It's like ew, you like girls. Ew. Right. Ew. Like, you have cooties. Ew. So if they want, if you want to give them a straight pie parade, <laughs> I, that seems highly problematic. But shoot your shot, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't endorse, endorse it at all. But I mean, if they need straight pride, then okay. This but, is a bunch of whiny, insecure brats saying, "What about us? Why don't we get any attention?" I don't know. How about you do something that's worth paying attention to? This is a my life matter bullshit. How about you uh, invent something cool? Mm. How about you send a rocket into space? How about you uh, learn how to make a charcuterie board? How about you nice. uh, paint a beautiful f- picture? I love charcuterie. How about you uh, post a shirtless selfie on Instagram showing off your muscles? Huh? How about you do that? That seems highly specific, but go on. <laughs> I need some attention. <laughs> Go drop your boys some likes on <laughs> IG. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like everybody, this is, this is, all right, I'm a spitball here. So Go just ahead. follow me. I'm trying. We're I'm li- we live in a world now where attention is the highest value currency that we can offer. Higher than a dollar, higher than gold. And when you are lacking in that currency, you somehow feel inadequate. You are a broke boy in the most uh, esoteric sense, Right. 
So you got to find a way to bring in some currency. You got to bring some value to yourself. You got to bring in some attention. How do you do that? Well, you got to invent ways to bring attention to yourself. And I'm just now realizing that I may have used the word esoteric wrong, but fo- follow me. Just roll with me. Still, so still you got to bring in some attention to yourself. So you can start inventing ways to do it. Oh, I, I'm just going to take the most basic uh, uh, characteristics of myself. I'm a straight man living in a, a major city in America. What's there? What is exceptional about me? Nothing. Well, I'm going to take this, uh, my, my sexuality, my basic ass sexuality that a majority of the country can identify with, and I'm going to put it on display. Hey, look at me. Isn't it great for me to be straight as opposed to all the flamboyant gays running around with their rainbow flags and their short shorts and their glitter? Hey, hey, this is me. This is me bringing attention to myself. Oh, everybody pay attention to me. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you forever, man. Go away. Do something else. Right. Ah, it's I, hot in here. I say with you. I say with you. Does it make sense? Did any of that make no, sense? No, that made perfect sense. I just kind of went out. I blacked out there for a second. No, like man. it's no, it made sense. I mean, I I just like attention is a currency. It's at the point now that people that if you go through our Instagram and all the things, people have monetized it to this point now. Oh like my god! Like it's monetized now, so it actually is currency. It's not just. Of, of uh, abstract currency, it's a tangible currency. Like people get paid dollars for their likes now. That's a real fact. So and it, it look, it's it's clearly lopsided in one direction. Like if you are, um, you know, a, an attractive influencer or whatever, like you probably benefit from that yeah. rather than just like regularized people. But again, like you you can you can become an entirely different person online. I'm not even totally. I'm not even. I'm not even totally against the um, against the the you seeking attention. I just don't. I just think that I'm against you doing it in turn and 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 infringing on something else that's necessary for another group of people. That's something that people hold very seriously. I think people hold pride. Like people of the LGBT community hold pride very seriously. Mm-hmm. And I think that to make a mockery of it for your own for your for your own just like amusement i mm. think that's the fucked up part of it i'm mm. not even so mad about you trying to get attention for yourself everyone does that people just be everyone, people want attention like that's yeah. just what it is but like to do it in this way that's what i have a problem with yeah that that yeah you said it way more eloquently than i did uh esoteric intended for or likely to be understood by only a small number of people with specialized knowledge or interest uh i don't remember what i said <laughs> So I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to make sure that I said that correctly. Um, uh, Bottom line is if you uh, support or plan on going to the straight pride parade, I would seriously reconsider if I were you because nothing good is going to come from that. I mean, your straight pride parade is just every day you live your life. Here's here's what's actually going to happen. You know what? Actually, here's what's here's what's going to happen. This thing may actually go through and what's going to happen is it's going to be a, a counter pr- a parade or a counter protest, whatever. Like, and it's going to be a large, the same thing happens every single time. It's the same result every single time. Whenever, <laughs> whenever these, these uh, insecure little brats start to gather around and, and create some sort of uh, movement, the counter movement comes through and says, no, get out. Or, so, the, or the movement that actually been there. That's the, that's what you're dealing with now. Because yeah, the counter movement, it's just like they they're the counter movement because pride yeah. is because pride is the movement. Pride is the movement, man. Like and and now you're just trying to slowly slowly up their shit with your own bullshit. 
Let's play a game. Let's play what are Ed and Aaron mad at this week? Go ahead. Yell at your phones. Yell at your, I don't know, Sonos, whatever you're listening to this on. Just yell it out right now. Three, two, one. Yell. If you answered the Netflix four-part miniseries, When They See Us, you're correct. Yeah. Whew. What? All right. Um, what do we do? We want to talk about what it was, or do we want to talk about how we felt about it first? Okay. I guess we can tell people if people aren't familiar with it, we can give them a summary of what it's about. Yeah. I want. I first want to talk about um, the quality of it first because I think that I think that like the outrage of it, people. Mm-hmm. People get into that first. Yeah. It's like about, I want to talk about how well it was done first. The the filmmaking. The filmmaking aspect of it. The fourth part is one of the best films I think I've ever seen. Oh, my seen. God. Like, that's, oh that part God. alone, you take that one out, because it's an hour and a half. Yeah. That one movie, even, you know, if you take it out of context of the rest of the show, stunning. Absolutely compelling. And then you add it into the other three parts, and it's like, how do you... You know, you have to watch all four. This is this is a series made for binge watching. It is. Um, now it took now it's it took me a while to watch this because it's centered around the story of the Central Park Five, and I they have there's a documentary that came out um, in 2012 by Ken Burns, actually very good. Well, it's his daughter, I think. Huh? I think it's his daughter that I think Ken Burns produced it, but okay, like, I think yeah. his daughter like directed it. Okay, okay. So yeah, it, there's actually um, a documentary that came out in 2012. It's really good. I think I, I recommend everyone watch that. I watched yeah. that when it came out. Yeah. So I was familiar with the story, but I mean, it got a lot of buzz on social media, so I watched it. Um, it was done by Ava DuVernay. Mm. She does a fantastic job with it. Yeah. It's um, and I and I took a, I took a while to watch it just because I already knew the story. But what I like about what she did was that she took a lot of the um, issues that were relevant that were happening in that documentary and she kind of related them to today like there were definitely a lot of parallels to what we see every day absolutely here so i mean the fact she could take do that i thought that was i thought it was well done it was spoon-fed for you in some places where it was so obvious that it's like hey hey listen this is not like an isolated incident this Mm -hmm. has been happening for years and years and decades and decades it happens all the time these are this is the one case that we did hear about yeah you should hear about the ones that we don't know. And this, it was, it was, yeah, it's done in 1989. And even all the, even the way it's shot for the period, like the way that the costumes, mm. everything, like the music. She Michael made it, K. Williams looking like uh, a Big Daddy Kane. Right. You know, music video extra was a great touch. Right. Like blazers, in, blazers in the um, parachute pants. Like, oh, yeah. The high top fade with the, with the sunglasses. Yeah, no, like everything. No, this, it was just well done. Very good. Um. Gerald Jerome, who plays Corey Wise, mm. just give him his Emmy now. Yeah, give it to him now. Like Super, man, we can just on, let's man. just skip the award show. Just give it to him. Just mail it to him now. He didn't have to come. He's like, look, this is yours. Yeah, because he was phenomenal. 
Absolutely nailed it. Phenomenal. I mean, nothing to take away from any of no, the other no, actors. Everyone else, didn't, Niecy Nash did a great job. Niecy Nash was awesome. Mom. Like, uh, you know, I, I love seeing Joshua Jackson and Blair Underwood make the the cameo appearances. Were, I think I felt like the acting one in this thing was, was great. Yeah, even Top uh, to bottom. even what's her face, uh, college mom, uh, Felicity, uh, Felicity, Felicity Huffman. Huffman. Yeah, she. I mean, she did her job. I didn't like her character. Yeah, but. That's what her intention was. It yeah. was it was to be a kind of a she slime was bucket. definitely terrible. But like, she was great. She was great in that role. And then Famke Jensen, yeah, coming out, not lost upon me that this came out around the same time as the Dark Phoenix movie, which Famke Jensen played Jean Grey in the early X Men movies. And I just want to say, uh, Famke Jensen could could definitely uh, get a ring on her finger if I ever ran into her. But beyond that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's not take away from any of them. Yeah, not to take any away from anything. Even from the young, the young, all the young actors did a great job. But I think it's also, I think it's also a testament to that Corey Wise is the only character that plays that played his same character mm-hmm. from a child to an adult. Yes. And he played the he played the character the entire way. And he, he probably had a, the hardest character to portray. He was so phenomenal. He was so good. Because it could have been really easy for for him to play that role, and it come off. Um, well, it came off sympathetic, but for it, for it to come off as sort of, um, I don't want to say goofy, but yeah, goofy because of, you know, the, the kind of person that Corey is. Um, but you really, from the very, from the moment that um, you see Corey and Yusef get picked up by the cops, yeah, you feel that like Corey is, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't supposed to be there, man. He was not. And he he got, none of them were supposed to be there, right, but, but he, Corey specifically, like, because he wasn't on. We're gonna get to spoilers, but um, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm gonna spoil the shit out of some things. We're gonna spoil the shit out of it. The music, yeah. the music cues in this in that series was fantastic. Good for the period. Like, I'm not, great for the period. Loved hearing some DMX. Yeah, even one one twelve. Loved hearing one twelve. Oh, that was a fucking. Bar when that kicked in, I was like, "Oh shit!" But then you can't feel any sort of hope or or joy yes. watching any of this. There are, yeah, there are a lot of ups and downs in there, but like it's not because I mean that that's also good too. That it's not just it's not like watching um Pursuit of Happiness where it's just mm-hmm. like defeat after defeat after defeat after defeat. It's like there are it there are there are good parts, like, even though it's a terrible situation. Like mm-hmm. there are good parts. There are like there there's linings in the cloud that mm-hmm. they portray in the in in the documentary yeah. that you feel like so that also it, it builds onto the story as well yeah you know like I mean like for instance like Corey's uh Corey Wise's um, relationship with the guard yep you know like yep. that's the second guard like they're they're just like there's ups and downs in it yeah and I think I think it was just really well done yeah um, even when uh, John Leguizamo. Um, when uh, when Raymond gets out, yeah, their relationship like it was good to see that even though Raymond was coming into the the new house and like you know his his stepmom wasn't really very welcoming and he was very unfamiliar in that territory. You still like that moment when he hugged yeah. John Leguizamo. It was like oh fucking shit, dude. Like yeah. it was like heart just jumps out of you. Yeah, that was crazy, man. Um, okay, so we got to talk about the case itself and why this is so notorious because this was a railroading from start to finish. Mm. Um, 1989, 
This lady goes jogging in Central Park. She gets beaten. She gets raped. She's left for dead. She's brutalized. Brutalized. Um, there was another couple that was beaten um, as they were riding their bikes. And there was a large group of about 30 teenagers running around, as they called, wilding. Well, like, uh, um, they said they, I know that. And the thing is, like, you know, they said wilding. Yeah, they were wilding. They were wilding. Oh, you know, just running around wilding. <laughs> they were wilding. I was like, yeah. oh, that. But that was a new term. They like, never heard that before. Yeah. They didn't know what the fuck that was. Right. Um, group of boys get snatched up. Um, kind of at random. At completely random. Yeah. They get beat. They get slapped around. And they get punched. And they get held without notifying the parents, without getting uh, fed, fed, water, water, bathroom breaks, nothing. And they are convinced to start telling on one another. So they can go home. So that they can, because the cops tell them, if you tell us what happened, they can go home. And they did such a good job with that good cop, bad cop thing where you're just like, you understand why a scared 14-year-old kid would admit to doing something when a, a, a police officer is in their face telling them that they're on your side and they want to help you, but they got it. You know, it was just, it. you got it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I have like I have friends that that made, that, that made, they've done not the, not the best lie. They tell me stories like this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, they tell me the, the cops will press you just that way. Yep. So and this is before I even knew about such a park five. So it's like so to to see this. So I know some people are thinking like that they're, they're mortified by it, like this stuff in the But I'm like, this happens. It's not just in New York. Yeah, this happens all the time. And the reason why the cops were so good at it was because they've been doing it forever. Right. Like that's how this shit goes. Like you don't do that. You don't do. You don't get that right the first time. No, you can't just. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You can't just do it once and be like, oh, yeah, no, that worked. You know, you have to be doing that like every day for years. Yeah. Um, if you can watch this and not feel just outraged at prisons and criminal justice and all this other shit, I, I don't know what's the matter with you. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, the, the boys end up telling on each other, the five, and they are all... 14 and 15, except for Corey, who's 16, 16, which at that time was old enough to be interrogated without a lawyer or a parent or guardian present, Mm -hmm. which is fucking crazy. 16 years old. 16 years old. And you're telling this kid to admit to a, a rape and an assault, and then he can go home. This reminded me a lot of, well, I shouldn't say this reminded me, but the Brendan Dassey thing from to make uh making a murderer reminded me a lot of that mm. where it was like you're just taking advantage of a kid mm-hmm. and brendan dancy obviously had his mental issues and shit like that but i think if you were if you were to take an astute child at 16 who's scared and without their parents and you just tell them hey admit to doing this thing and you can go home a good amount of them would yeah, do it but you press them longer you feel like the thing is like if you press someone because everyone can say like they wouldn't do that now Mm-hmm. But try that after like I don't know eighteen hours sure. of interrogation. Yeah, probably getting slapped around, mm-hmm. not being fed. Yeah, no water. Like probably under fluorescent lights. You're in a state of discomfort, um, and probably you're probably just scared out of your mind. And you have no idea of where you're gonna be or what's gonna happen to you or what's gonna happen to you. You just you just you're you're at the complete mercy of somebody else that you don't know and don't trust. It's hard to put yourself in that mindset. But at the same time, but at the same time, you can't say you can't say these aren't 
dire situations that may make someone do something different. Yeah. These kids end up going to jail, prison, um, with Corey going to Rikers with adults. He's a 16-year-old going to prison with adults. Uh, the other four went to juvenile. And look, I'm telling a really like compressed story of it. There's a lot of nuances and a lot of details that I'm skipping over. But the general idea is that these five were wrongly convicted of a crime they did not commit. And the the story kind of tells the, the the details within those the devil within those details. Yeah. Um, one of which is when uh, Corey and I know we're talking about Corey a lot, but he really does have the most interesting story. Um, but when Corey was going up for probation, the two or three times that he went up for or not probate uh, parole, he the 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 only question they asked was, "Are you willing to admit?" what you did. And he, he was just like, I can't admit to doing something that I didn't do. So he wasn't granted parole. That was the same thing that happened like, with when Yusuf and uh and Kevin went to the that that group meeting and they were yeah. just like, are, are you gonna they and they, they introduced him as sexual predators. Mm-hmm. And they're like we're not they're like we're not that. Yeah. He was like, but like you've out of five homes. Yeah. He's he was just like do what you gotta do. And you know what? In the face of it, it's I I I don't even know how to say this, but like I, I would understand someone saying, "Yeah, I admit to doing it." With the the option is you stay in solitary confinement, or you stay in the system, or you get your freedom. But is it even really freedom? Because another scene that really stuck out to me was when Raymond was around um, when he was uh, uh, applying for jobs, yeah. and he had to check the box: "Are you committed? Are you a convicted felon?" And you can't associate with other convicted felons, so you can't get a job with someone that's in the same situation as you. Yeah, you can't be within proximity of them. Uh, you, you, you. If if you're uh, convicted of a sexual crime, are you? Are uh, you can't get a job certain way? And he's like, "Where the fuck am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do?" Yeah, I didn't do shit. I didn't do shit. And if I say I did shit, I I can't get a, a an opportunity to make anything of myself. So yeah. it's like this. This is taking a lot of the issues dealing with prison reform and putting it on display, just putting it on a very digestible platter for a lot of people. Yeah. And, and on top of that, like there were, and with Raymond's story, he had to talk about recidivism. Mm. He like, cause he, cause he came out with no options. None. And he ended, well, keep going, but I mean, yeah, he ended up spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers. Zoom me spoilers. I'm sorry. Yeah. Watch it anyway. It's still good. Like yeah, I can tell you, it. cause I, cause I knew the story anyway. So I, I wasn't even to all the spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I still enjoy watching it. So even if I'm getting spoilers, watch it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like they they talk about the recidivism because he came out with no options. He was a convicted felon. He was trying to make he was trying to make money, and he didn't want to go back to prison. He tried everything not to go back to prison. Yeah. But like he had, but yeah, like like he had no he had no options. Like the one job that he had, like let him go. Mm-hmm. And like he was trying to make a new life for himself, and he couldn't. So you had to turn to hustling. It's let's go back to yeah, it had turned hustling exactly. Yeah. So and, and people And wonder, keep in mind, not a hustler when he went in. No. A child. He was a child. He was a child. It was So coming out as like, you know, you're you're in your late twenties and you gotta start hustling. Yeah. You're bound to slip up. So and that's not that this is nothing about the prison because we're supposed to be um reforming people. But how is it reforming people if you come back work come out worse than you were when you got in? It's because that's what they want. Um the relationship with Antron and his father was very heartbreaking. 
Yeah. Because you understood why his father would not want to go and see his son in prison. Mm. You understood, you understood that and you understood his reasoning for Well, I got to work. So out of that, I, you know, we can afford, uh, to keep coming up there to come see you, to put money in your books. And all that stuff. You understood it, but a ch- you know, you know that a child needs his father, you know, especially then. But there's also that guilt too. Like he- tons of guilt because he told him. Yeah. Or was that, no, that was Raymond's dad that told him to go to the park. No, that, no, that was, that was Raymond's dad. But I'm talking about Antron's dad told him, like, tell him what they want to hear. Yeah. Okay. So that was a heartbreaking scene. Yeah. Cause he told him, like, he's like, to, cause and he, he, the thing is like, when Antron was talking, was being interrogated by the police, his mom and dad actually came and sat in the room, and they weren't the police weren't getting what they wanted out of Antron. So Antron's father, played by Michael K. Williams, told him, "Tell the police what they want to hear." But that's because the police were going to tell the his his employer about his criminal past, right? So it's just like yeah, it was a lot of blackmail. Yeah, it was. And so I, so it's just like, yeah, that, no, that, 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 um, relationship is heartbreaking. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, he was, he was cheating. He did, he did the best that he knew how to do, but he's also messed up his son really bad at the end. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he was between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. It's like, what do you do? Yeah. Man. Um, man. So I was like five years old when all this happened, Okay. but I definitely remember the aftermath of for one when the news came out that the guy who actually did it admitted to the crime and that the dna matched and all that shit and he knew uh facts about the case that were never released to the public so that that happened in like 2002 Mm. but when you you know when hillary clinton was running for president the whole super predator thing came back to bite her in the ass and this that stemmed from this mm-hmm. um pat buchanan uh said that uh they should be uh hanged in central park or, or like whipped into like he, they, it, it became a very uh it, it became a rallying cry for people to to say kill them hang them and most famously donald trump uh, bought the ad in the New York Times saying bring, bring back the death penalty. Yeah. And so it brings us to our commander-in-chief tweeting out a while back in 2012 when the documentary came out that it was one-sided and, you know, he he really leaned into his conviction. Yeah. Even though these guys were exonerated and proved to be innocent. He could have easily just said that he got caught up with everything else. He could have, he could have, he, at this point, he could have backed off of it because the, because at that point he wasn't anyone good to anyone else for just probably like r- running with the mob, mm-hmm. you know? So the fact that he doubled down on it, that that's how, you know, it's just like, man, yeah. this guy's full of shit. Really full of shit. Um, it's, it's, you know, it would be impossible to imagine a world in which he would apologize for that. Of course not. But, um, you know, I, what, 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 this whole series, the four part miniseries, Donald Trump mentions of Donald Trump 
take up about mm, five minutes. Not even five minutes. Not even five minutes. It's like literally a blurb. Like I think it's like one episode. It's like they talk about it for like maybe fifteen seconds. Yeah, and that's the, about it. In the documentary, they I think they made a mentioned it once. Once. So this obviously has become a rallying cry again with rallying cries for conservatives to say, and I have seen this. That they say that this is, you know, some anti-Trump propaganda and saying like, oh, why is this popping up now? Wow. Before an election. Wow. It's not that it's the 30-year anniversary or anything like that. Wow. Um, It's not like this has been in production for a a few years now. Mm -hmm. Um, But this, I I don't. I don't see this as a negative. But things it's saying about you. It's not. It's it's not about you. But I I surely don't see it as a negative to to plant the seeds in people's minds before they head to the polls. To make prison reform and criminal justice reform a high uh, point issue for people, because I think for a long time it hasn't really been. Uh, presented in a way that can really stick you know like we could put together organizations and we could um, you know have uh, charities and 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 you know foundations to help um, the wrongfully accused or, or the wrongfully convicted but it, unless you put it in a way where people can attach to it and it'll tug at your heartstrings and it will become memorable such as in, in a way that this 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 miniseries is People aren't going to remember it. Like they'll right. they'll feel it yeah. when they watch it, or mm-hmm. they'll feel it when they hear about it. Mm-hmm. But they may not remember it a few weeks or a few months from now. I think this piece of art that was made, yeah, was art, can stick with people mm-hmm. from now until the polls open. Yeah, I um, one thing that this this series four part series did better than any documentary I've seen. I feel like it really did a good job illustrating the damage of a wrongful conviction. Cause like we hear about it all the time, but we, but I don't know if it, I've ever seen it, the damage that does to people yeah. or have it conveyed this well. Also what it did was convey what it's like to be in prison. Right. And in solitary confinement. Yeah. The only other show that I've seen do it, like that was that show on HBO, Oz? The Night of. Oh, the Night of. No, Oz was good, but Oz was like, you yeah, know, yeah, like Oz is like super extreme. But the Night of and this really showed, like, <laughs> you cannot. They will fucking take you and put you away if you even are close to what they want in a in in a suspect. They will they will fucking throw your life away if and it won't even matter. They do not give a shit about you. Mm-mm. Please believe that. Um, I mean, another another thing that I thought I hope people took away from this, and I think people should take it away too. Like not not just um, uh, the people I'm, I'm gonna mention, but I think everyone should take this away that the that the police, the prosecutors, and the journalists they all had responsibility. And they failed. Yep. They failed the responsibility. And the thing is, is that to this day, they still have the responsibility. To this day, <laughs> it's the responsibility, and that it goes even further now too, because now because this is before social media. Mm. So now, so now, like every every tweet that you do can go viral. Every post you do can go viral. 
So when you buy into it, my mentality, you tweet what you're tweeting, you post what you're posting, you're also influencing other people also. So this goes, this extends beyond police and prosecutors and journalists. This extends to us, the public. We have responsibility now too because we have a means of producing mass media. Everyone does. If you have a phone, if you have a social, a social, a social media account of any sort, you have a means of posting mass media. So therefore, you have a responsibility to to make sure that what you're putting out is at least well informed before you post it. At least try. And if you're wrong, say you're wrong. Say you're wrong. Just back off of it. Or say you don't know. Say you know, like there's there's so much power in the words "I don't know" or "I was wrong," because it admits growth. Yeah. You're showing growth. You're not showing weakness. You're not showing uh, stupidity. You're showing growth. Yeah. Another another part that um, she had in there that I didn't expect was in episode four when they talked about um, Corey Wise's sister. Oh, bro, that fucking I mean ruined me. One of those. It's another one of those spoon fed we just talked about. Oh, I felt because like, I felt like that was like when when the you talking about the scene with the mom with Nisi or are you talking about yeah uh, yeah oh yeah bro. that was another one like you said you said those spoon fed moments that was one of those like Gerber yeah open up it felt like that scene felt like it went on forever it was because it was just a nonstop pummeling by the way that was also um the person that played that was Isis King she was probably noted for being the first trans model on American Side model yeah. Yeah. I, I looked her up. I was like, who is that? Yeah. She was on America's Next Top Model. Yeah. Um, she did a, she also did a great, like a fantastic job. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's uh and and then she and then she ran away, like she had to leave her house because she wasn't welcome there because yeah. of how she wanted to live her life. And then ultimately ended up being murdered while he was in jail. Um the reason why that's relevant. But did you notice but wait, before you get to that, but did you notice after when uh, Corey's mom went to go visit, yeah, she, she called him by her yeah, her called name him that Marcy. She oh, called him God, Marcy. I mean, that was like a little bit, yeah, like a little moment. I'll never call you that, but yeah, yeah. But that was like a little moment where I was like, mm, she got it, but she, at the expense no, of Nisi Nash was great. Oh, Nisi Nash, she was great. Like that's probably the, like the thing is like I've always enjoyed her because I thought I thought she was funny yeah. and everything she's seen her in. But she, no, she killed that. Do shit. you watch Claws? I've watched some of it. It's not bad. Klaus is good, man. I nah, like Klaus. Yeah, like so. I mean, no, she was great in that. But the reason why that's relevant is because I also uh, I also have some numbers here to bring into this. Bring the num. Oh, bring the numbers back. All right. A woman's life expectancy. Oh, here we go. Average is eighty-one years. A black woman's life expectancy average is about seventy-nine years. A black trans woman's average life expectancy, 35 years. You know, we didn't talk about that a few weeks ago, but well, continue on, continue on. So that keep, keep that just because a, that, I want, I want y'all like, just hold on to that 35 years because a, just because a person wants to live their life the way they feel they should live it. Their life expectancy is cut down by more than more half. Than half, man. More than half. Thirty-five years. Yeah. And usually, they and usually these deaths are violent. Oh yeah. There were three. It's not. It's not. Uh, you know, going peacefully in the night. No. There usually there are three um trans people murdered in May. Um, Malaysia Booker, Claire Legato, 
and Michelle Simone were all murdered in May. Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Um, it's uh, yeah, this really this is this is the most um eye opening time I think for a lot of people. Yeah, myself included, because. I grew up in a small town, relatively small, and it wasn't until I left where I got to see and meet a lot of different people and try different things and go to places where I may not have been the, um, you know, the uh, quintessential person that was supposed to be there. You know what I'm saying? Uh Basically, I got invited to a lot of parties where there were going to be a lot of gay people there. Uh, <laughs> and it was fine. Like, it was totally cool. And I was just like, why, like why, why is this such a point of contention for people? Like, it does not, tr- it does not uh, transfer. No. And I'm glad that I got that experience when I was younger. But I'm even, gl- I'm even more happy now because we're starting to hear more stories and we're about to starting to see more stories and we're starting to see just how silly all of this bigotry is because really we all want the same shit. And I, it's, it's such a, a cliche talking uh, uh, point, but it, I, I just can't get over the fact that, you know, there, there are people out there that will hate you without knowing you, despite you both having the same goals. Yeah. Just because you want to live your life in a way that they may understand. And you just you just want to live your life. That's all you want to do. Fuck if anybody else understands it. You just want to live your life. You want to be able to wake up and be happy and proud about who you are and what you do. And if that means you have to uh, you know, dress a certain way or, or look a certain way, you have to do your hair a certain way, or you got to, you know, whatever. No one, whatever. Should, no one should die for that. No one should die for that. No one should be prosecuted for that. No one should have any of their rights taken away because of that. Mm-mm. I mean, it, there, yeah, that, that was just one part of this series that really, uh, that that struck a chord. And like, I also think about, because that, that's a lot of people's um, lives, though. You know, like they live in a home where they're not accepted. Yeah. And they end up having, and like, do you, you, you think, like, you had to wonder, like, if they were able to be accepted at home, if more if, if more trans and more gay people were accepted at their houses and were able to live with their families, like would they be dead? Would they would they be dead at thirty five? No, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, man. And so, like that scene when she ended up le- when she ended up leaving, it's like a lot of people that a lot of people that's their death sentence. Yep. Because they they go into a world that doesn't accept them, and they don't have anyone there that 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 cares for them that the way they need to be cared for. Especially in 1990, 1989, New York. Jesus. It was rough out there, man. It was a jungle, man. It was a jungle. And that was the other thing that um, they didn't really touch on. But after that, um, well, I mean, they did the little epilogue at the end. But uh, Bloomberg, when he was in office, they, uh, you know, in the Central Park, five were exonerated. They filed for a settlement with the city and the lawyers under Bloomberg refused to settle because they felt like they would win based on what they had already in the case. They had the confessions and all that stuff like that. So they just refused to settle. 
And Bill de Blasio, one of his campaign promises was that he would settle with the Central Park Five. Like he would give them the money. And he ended up winning. And that's what happened. They ended up settling for uh, like $41 million. And I think they're going back for an extra 50. I think that's what I read. Back Mm -hmm. in 2014, they filed another suit. But um, uh, Giuliani, when he was mayor, like... His whole his whole claim to fame before he became you know who he is now, his whole thing was that he cleaned up Times Square, and that like he made it into what they know it as today. Like you know he did it at the expense of a lot of fuckery. Stop search. Yeah, I mean stop and frisk was like it it was the you know, but that's his that's his thing. Um, But that again was another fallout. This had. A, a piece of that attached to it because people were so scared of young black teenagers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were scared already, but this just threw yeah. gasoline on the fire. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, I don't know if that directly or indirectly correlates with the um, safety of gay and lesbian and transgender and queer. Definitely. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have those numbers. I don't have those facts. But if there's if there is anything that came out of that, it's it's gonna say uh, I don't even want to say it. I just no, I just I just think that um that statistic should strike a chord in people. And if it, if it doesn't say it one more time. Ring it let it ring out one more time so people can really hear that it. That statistic should strike a chord in anyone. No, say the statistic one more time. What is but the average life expectancy? The average life expectancy for for a, a woman is eighty one years old. For a black trans woman, thirty five years old. Now, if you respect them as human beings, that you should not. This should not be acceptable to you. It should not be. Um. Okay. So, wrapping it up. Thumbs up. Thumbs down. Thumbs all the way up. Thumbs all the way up for when they see us. Um, what else? Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else on that. Um, okay. I want no, listen, no. Like, nah. I, I mean, just go see it, man, and give Joe Trump his Emmy. Give them all Emmys. Give, give them, them give all the Emmys. Give all them the all shits. the golden golden I, I really have not seen. I haven't seen the performance that good in shit. It's been a while. I really can't remember. It's been a while. It's man. maybe uh, Robert Downey Jr. and as Tony Stark. Hey, did you see that he's uh, putting his money into this, uh, you know, effort to build robots to clean up the planet? Is he? I swear to God. Wow. He made the announcement. It's I think like, two or three days ago. It's like it's like art imitating life. Or like yeah. imitating art. Dude. Yeah. 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 That's funny. Take that, Elon Musk. <laughs> Do you have anything else? I got to educate people. Bring the bring the noise. Bring I the mean, ruckus. I feel like I, I feel like I say this a lot, but you really got to clean up our shit. And when I say that, I mean, I guess like well, what watching this shows is that. Oh wait! Before I get into that, I also have to get into the fact that I'm, I'm, I almost missed this part. Are we doubling back? Yeah, we're doubling back. Okay. <laughs> Can we talk about how crazy it is that the woman 
um what's the first name is it linda fairstein uh yeah i think can we talk about the fact that she made up this that she that she fabricated this entire story mm. and then she left that office to write crime fiction nigga i could not make that shit up bro hey man listen what the fuck Who's to say that it's even crime fiction? Bro, that she, she had all the pricks in the world, didn't she? She did, but maybe those oh books, maybe God. those books are true. Nigga. Maybe they're maybe they're crime fact. Nigga. Maybe they're nonfiction. How? I'm just saying, man. Look, oh my she God. made she made all that shit up. When I googled her, I was like, how? I was like, how is this life? How do you? How do you make up a story? About five kids in the park, and then you go on making more crime stories. And oh my god! You see what you're doing right there? You're preaching to the choir. I was like, man. No, she's trash. She's she's garb. She's hot fucking garb. And the, the I love that she was, you know put on blast this past week and she had to resign from all of her positions and shit like that because you should not live comfortably no you should not be allowed to live comfortably after you pull us uh, i don't even i don't even know what to call that you ruin five people's lives man and you get to prosper Bruh, she writes crime fiction she does her entire life successfully the fuck how listen Listen, <laughs> it honestly, it honestly, dude, we live oh, God. and this, this is the part that, that fucks me up at night. This is, this is a lingering thought that sticks with me. It would not surprise me if she comes out with a book soon and it does well. Public burning. Actually, no, I'm not going to public burn it because I would have to buy the book. Like in that, like that scene in Straight Out of Compton where exactly. they're riding on the bus and they're like, "Well, at least we bought the album." Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. I'm not falling for that shit. I'm just not gonna buy your shit. Goddamn, she she writes crime fiction. She 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 did. She no, she and she still well, she did. Nah, she won't she won't write another one. I, there's no way unless she goes on by a pseudonym. They can do anything. Um, we also should mention that uh, Trisha Maley, the jogger mm-hmm. who was attacked. Um, she made a recovery. She is now a um, an activist. She is a speaker, and the the, the part where she uh, takes a stand, where she says that she doesn't remember, was also a very uh, shattering moment. Where you're just like, because right before then, Yusef was praying, and Raymond asked him what he's doing, and Yusef said. I'm praying that she gets her memory back. Right. Because, I mean, you can't blame her for not remembering, but had she was, if she was able to remember, I mean, it would have changed the whole. But anyway, um, yeah. Well, yeah, fuck, fuck Linda Fairstein. She writes crime fiction, dog. Look how happy she looks right she here. She writes photos. crime fiction. God. Like, how could you smile? Like, how do you find the energy to, I don't know. Bruh, like, the motherfucking audacity to write crime novels after spinning a story that landed five kids in jail for no reason. And you do that, and you you just kept doing it. You just kept doing it. Yeah. God Uh, damn. (laughs) 
I mean, burn it. We'll see you in hell. And when you get there, say hello to Art Bryles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Um, so back to your education. Sorry. Yeah. I'm saying clean up. We got to clean up our shit. Because, I mean, I say this, I say this all the time. Um, I feel like wash this, your hands. I, say this, I feel like I say this a lot. Um, we, we have to unpack. Like, a lot of these things want to happen if we, don't, if we don't address how we feel or why we feel the way we feel. Mm. You know, if, like, you can't, like, because a lot, because even, because even one of the most infuriating things about this story is if you go back to ask those people that, of the prosecutors at the time about what happened, a lot of them will double down on what they said, even though they have all this evidence to the contrary, all the physical evidence saying that the DNA wasn't there. The DNA, the DNA matched the, um, the guy who confessed that she had, she had skin in her fingernails from when she's fighting the guy that matched the same dude, mm. but they still double down and say like, no, these kids are responsible. Even they were there. They at least were there. They were there in that big ass park. Who else was in there? There was at least uh, twenty five other kids that were there. Saying like, so, so they're all in this bit, and, and they just and they keep doubling down on it. Um, or people like Trump posting things like saying like, oh well, they they, they didn't um, the uh, document didn't address what the five kids did. The documentary was just what they didn't do. Yeah, it wasn't about them skipping school or about being teenagers doing teenager things. It's, it's about, about them, them not assaulting and raping an innocent woman. Right. In the park. But the thing is, is like we're we have we're so stuck in our preconceived notions sometimes that we can't just see what's right in front of us. And we really have to address why that is. Yeah. So I mean, we really, really gotta un- unpack and clean up our shit. Be honest with yourselves. Be honest with yourselves. Like if you feel a certain way, like, try to really address why you feel that way. Inform yourself mm. on things. If you if 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 you have if you feel a certain way about a trans person, go talk to one. Yeah. We talked about that before. Like, you don't have to do much. You just follow one on Twitter and just see what they yeah, talk like, about. Yeah, you ain't got to go walk to them face to face. You can just, you can just uh, um, follow them and DM them. Maybe they'll talk to you. Maybe they won't. Who knows? But at least you tried. Yeah. If you have a problem with black people, go talk to one. Talk to us. That's what we're yeah, here we're for. Here. That's what we're here for. Talk, or talk to us. We're here to engage. We are here to engage. We're here to educate. That's what we're doing. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest. I think this was a damn good episode. I think so too. I think it was one of our best. This might get get us a, an Emmy nod, I think. I mean, as if Gerald Drum didn't take them all. <laughs> no, this will, get us, this will get us a, a Webby. This might get us a Webby Award. A Webby. Or a, a whatever the podcast award Not to be confused is. with the rapper Webby. No. I-N-D-E-P. <laughs> is that him? That yeah, Webby? Him. Oh, okay. Awesome. Good, good, good shit. Uh, yeah, great shit. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Oh, have fun in uh, wherever the hell you're going this week. Austin. Yeah, have fun in Austin. I'll, try, I'll, I'll tell that kid you say hello. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>